Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Jordan, what's good? I'm good, Sam. How you doing, man? How was your Thanksgiving? It was fantastic. Happy Thanksgiving and to everybody listening. We're grateful for each and every single one of y'all. I'm ready for Christmas already, man. Indeed. Indeed. So today's episode, we got a we got a speed round of host chat. Host chat episode number three. Uh super grateful for all of you guys that submitted questions. Uh what we're going to do today to spice things up a little bit is for every single question, we're going to time box this to two minutes. So whoever asks the question, the other person needs to respond first. They have a, they'll get kind of first right to response. But we have two minutes total to go back and forth before you're going to hear uh, an alarm sound. So I'll be fine. I will be fine. It's Sam's big I'll, ass I, mouth. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm kidding. All right, all right. Shots, I'm shots kidding, fired. Right. Yeah, let's do it. I'm Jordan's ready. been disqualified from the first round. <laughs> I get the two minutes. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, for starters, I think we've got, uh, I love a lot of the questions that we have. Uh, some of them. Not as in love with, but there's no hey, such man. thing as a bad they question. All, they all weren't going to be perfect. You there know? we go. Um, with that said, I think we're going to get tactical, then some higher level stuff. I think for starters, this is just a, a fun question uh, about the podcast and our, our personal kind of goals. But why did we create the Music Business Podcast? Um, I think me and Sam kind of started for different reasons from what I remember. Um, I bought the musicbusinesspodcast.com a few years ago. And my original vision for the URL, my original vision for it was to have like, a, it was really boring, honestly. It was like this ticker that every day you could listen to it. It'd be like, 15, 20 minutes of just what happened earlier that day. And like, that was it. And I was like, this is going to be huge. People going to love this shit. But at the end of the day, like, obviously people want to be informed, but they also want to be entertained. And I figured, you know, once I met Sam, it was time for us, for me to take that to the next level. And he, he had an idea of it also. So I think that's how the Music Business Podcast was born. And then other than that, you know, I had a lot of people help me coming up in the industry and I just wanted to be able to, to help people too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with all of that. I think there just weren't that many great resources. Uh, I think podcasts personally are just a great way to consume information on the go. felt like there was a unique opportunity, not only for us to help. Um, some of the, I, mean, I think music industry, from my perspective, there's so much relative to other industries. People are tend to be a lot more like hush-hush about like trends and tactics in the music industry. I feel like- Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you look at like- Tech startups, which is a world that I used to spend a lot of time in, like the tech startup world, like every single tech founder and their mother like has their own like blog where they're sharing trends and tactics and insights. I feel like in the music industry, it's people operate much more behind closed doors. So I think there was literally just like a, there wasn't as much quality information from the perspectives of people in the music industry. I think there were a couple of people that I followed that I think did do a great job. Yeah. I think there was like, but they were outliers, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, just to shout it out. Some of those people I think were like, Art of a Manager. Oh, um, yeah. Jake Udell. He's one of the first people I, I subscribe to. Ari Herstead or Herstand um, has a really interesting Twitter. Um, I think Bob Lefsetz had a podcast. I'm not sure how active the podcast has been recently, but they have some awesome guests with movers and shakers in the business. So I think all of those things, just being able to create an outlet, make it more valuable for you guys. And we also get to learn. Yeah. 
And we, we also to get learn. to learn. All right, we got five seconds left. So let's. All right, what are we going to do? Wrap five. This, wrap this one up. Four. No, no, no. Three, next, <laughs> next, next question. Um. So, all right, there it is. There's the there's the alarm. Another another background question on us. Um. What's the most rewarding part of our jobs? So you can go first, Sam. The most rewarding part of my job, I would have to say, is that I get to do. I'm the kind of guy that's walking on the street listening to music, just like, why is that dude so happy dancing by himself <laughs> while he's walking on the block? Like, I am a, I'm a, a true deep music fan, and I get so excited when I hear music that I really like. And I think the fact that I get to work with the artists and people that I'm just genuinely fans of and excited by outside, outside of, like, a professional working capacity naturally energizes me so much. So I think the fact that I'm able to put my time towards serving artists that I genuinely love and, and how much that energizes me and excites me, I think is, um, I'm super grateful for that. It's also nice getting, getting access to some pretty crazy parties. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, always fun. That I would uh, say, yeah. <laughs> I would say the most rewarding part of my job is, uh, just helping somebody's vision come to life. I think, one of the most illuminating stories that I've probably talked about on this podcast is helping one of my clients sell out a sell out a show at a venue where the year before he said that his music wasn't mainstream enough to be in that venue mm-hmm. and seeing his face light up when he realized he did that. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Um, I was a musician to start. That's all I'm gonna say on that. And um, I realized that in order to be a musician, no disrespect to musicians, but this is the nature of the job. You have to focus on yourself a lot. Yeah. And um, when I found out that the music industry existed and I could help other people fulfill their dreams, that became a dream of mine. So yeah, that's the most rewarding sure. part of my job. Love it. Yeah. Um, cool. A little bit of time to spare there. So these two questions, I'm going to kind of combine them. Uh, one's from Chris C. and the other's from Samantha F. Um, how do you make people in the industry take you seriously when you first start? And then Sam, Samantha's question. I mean, you could definitely talk about your experiences and how you built up your internships experiences to get your jobs now. So can you talk a little bit about your journey and kind of getting your foot in the door and now being a the manager of a Grammy nominated artist? <laughs> woo, woo. Um, take you seriously when you first start. I think honestly, you have to be okay, at least for me, not being taken as seriously as you want to be when you first start. You really ain't shit when you first start. It's, go, it's about going in, being humble and, and just learning. You know what I mean? Until you can get your feet wet and then you can start kicking down doors. You know what I mean? So to speak, obviously with respect always. But um, I think at first I had to just kind of be like, look, I just want to learn and like have that be it. Um, and if people, the right people will take you seriously because the people that don't, you don't want them in your network at that time in the first place, you know? Yeah. So. For sure. Uh, second that, I mean, I think it's about finding the right people and proactively coming to them, offering to deliver specific value. I think if you are able to go a step further than saying like, I need a job and actually like show that you've done your homework about what people are up to and where they might need help and provide a, a specific personalized offer that makes it a lot easier for them to say, yeah, I would actually love that. I mean, this is actually something I really need help with. I mean, it's, it's who knows if it's going to change down the road, but I think asking for a job just for the sake of a job is not nearly as compelling as like, hey, I recognize that you need to do this and I would oh, like to help. I'm a big help. fan of your artist right. and this, or, this, and exactly. this. You right. So I mean? being very kind of personal in that approach. And then, yeah, I think it's a matter of really identifying what are the specific skills you want to develop and identifying jobs and opportunities where you can acquire those skills. I think... Early on in your career, you may have a little more time. You don't have to be as selective or have as high of a kind of like a, a price barrier. So I think be 
proactive and create your own opportunities. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Buzzer beater. Yeah. <laughs> um, Touchdown. This is, uh, yeah, go ahead. This is another one from Chrissy. I, I actually have never even asked Sam this, and I'm wondering what his answer is to this question, but who's your dream music business podcast guest? We're going to make it a reality. We're going to turn it into reality eventually, Sam. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Mike Jones is your, is your, is your podcast no. guest? Who? <laughs> 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 oh? Uh... I think my dream podcast guest would be. I'm gonna have to let this one. Sit. I, I I definitely look up to Scooter Braun a lot. I think he'd be mm-hmm. an amazing guest. I think he's uh, one of the most powerful music managers in the business right now. He's worked with a handful of superstars. Love, love him or hate him, he works with some of the biggest artists in the world today. Um, I think anybody that has that sort of like track record that spans that is really impressive. Rick Rubin, super dope. I feel like the impact he's been able to have in the music industry and how he's been able to like stay relevant and just be this kind of like elusive, cool dude, like trying to be that like old dude working with all these like dope up and coming artists. Yeah, that's and cool. have a, a barrel sauna in my backyard. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm gonna answer it twofold. Uh, Diddy is one for sure for yeah. me. I just think the things he's been able to accomplish are crazy. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand of that, Rihanna. I think I think yeah. Rihanna. I've been such a big fan so of Rihanna. So tell me why you want Rihanna on the podcast. No, I've been, I've been a fan. Hey, you got you got a you got a good, you're in a relationship, <laughs> aren't you? Bro? All right, all right. Um, no, but I think I think uh, Rihanna has has kind of taken the model that Diddy and Jay Z, at least that we saw originally, of of becoming a musician and then turning your turning your music into a real flowing business. I mean, she was the highest paid musician for. Last year, you know what I mean? Like, def- I mean, or at least the highest paid woman, you know? So um, just just figuring out that journey from her perspective, I think, would be super dope. I got it. I got it. I got Ooh. it. The pressure, man. Ooh. I'm not used to this. I'm not Ooh. used to this. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, from Danny D. What's more powerful? Having people connect with an artist's music before an artist's brand or the other way around? That's a good-ass question. What you think, man? What you think? I want you. I want to hear your answer on this first, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to hear you. I think an artist's brand is almost a top-of-funnel way to drive more listens to an artist's music. I think... There's no right answer to this question. If somebody shares a song and your inlet into finding an artist is a, um, if somebody shares your artist's song or your song gets shared with somebody else, that's great. I think more often than not, people are sharing and engaging with, they're, they're spending a lot more time discovering and engaging with content across different social media platforms. So I think you should really be looking at your artist brand as a way of getting in front of additional people so that you can get those people to ultimately go stream and listen to your music. So I definitely see an artist brand as a marketing tool to drive streams to your music. And I feel like that is from a marketing standpoint, I feel a way about going to get ultimately more streams on your music. Where this deep connection with an artist happens I think it's got to be a combination of, of people really picking up and fucking with your story, but also fucking with your music. And I think in isolation, you're not going to have as strong of a bond with your artist or with your fans. I've seen think? both sides. I've seen, yeah. I've seen the brand be so strong and the music not be strong or people not listen to the music. But I've also seen people, millions of people are listening to yeah. this artist, but they can't, they don't have a thousand followers on Instagram. Right. You know, right. It, each, either one, they seem fragmented, yeah. you know. Totally. 
Um, so I think also it depends on the artist um, and what they want to see from their career. Some people just want the streams, you know, and that's enough. Some people, you know, I know people that just put records out on SoundCloud and they blow up every single time they put them out on SoundCloud. They don't need to have the followers on any other platform, you know, mm-hmm. but I've seen the other people really put the work into their brand and then actually benefiting a lot more streams. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I already know when we're close to it because you smile at me every time. <laughs> I already know. I already know we get close because Sam starts giggling and shit. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You made it. I like it. Um, all right, your turn for a question. Cool. Um, this is a question that you and I both talked about before the uh, before the podcast, and the answer that we had was kind of a non-answer, but I think it's a good question to ask. And I think it's, you know, the way we'll answer it will be appropriate. Um, so a user named Jose asked, what are some of the best ways to help develop an artist without any major budget? I think that really depends on what develop means. Oh, bro. Who's asking? I thought this a Q&A here, but... Yo, I'm answering this one because I let you answer the last one. Yeah, oh, oh. Pause the timer, bro. Oh, damn. Give me my time back, bro. Yeah. Give Whoa. me my time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, You're getting the time back, though. Uh, no, right, that's, right, right, right. that's messed up. That's messed up. All right. Um, I think it really depends on what you mean is develop, what you mean when you say develop an artist. I also think that budget is kind of like... It, it all depends, right? Like... Budget for what? What are you trying to do? What are your goals? You know, paint the picture a little bit more. And also major budget. What does major mean? You're talking like a $100,000 budget. You're talking about a million dollar budget. Um, I guess I just wanted to answer this because I think when you ask something like that, and I get a lot of questions like this all the time, you have to, you have to really paint the picture of what that question means and and what, what strategy looks like before you even ask yourself stuff like that, you know, for sure. I agree with all of that. I think you need to ultimately define what you mean by develop an artist, and then you need to prioritize accordingly. I think you need to get music to a quality place that you're proud of. And I think in tandem, you need to be creating content and growing a fan base. I think budget, I think the thanks to the influx of social media distribution, you do not need budget to reach people creativity and creating content can help you acquire fans and distribute your music without having needing a major budget for major music video productions. The cost of actually creating music has gone drastically down. Lil Yachty recorded one night with a sack over his mic in his like garage when he was in like... I mean, Steve Lacey recorded his yeah. last album on GarageBand. Right, so, so I think it, it really just boils down to prioritizing, creating content, memos. engaging your, yeah, engaging with your audience. <laughs> you smile at yourself too when it gets close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um real big Ken underscore. I need some dope artists that's trying to get signed. All caps. Spread the word. We spreading the word. We got you, Big Ken. Yeah. At, at real big Ken we got underscore. You. He's trying to sign some artists, yo. Yeah, yeah. If your artist needs some support, he's needs some to help do it. being developed. Slide in Mr. Real Big Ken underscores DMs. Check him out, man. There it is. There it is. Let's ask this one from Chris Bot and then move on to, to Jordan S. Let's do it. What impact will the new IG changes have on businesses slash the algorithm? Cool. I'll dive into this. Uh, there's a couple changes that are happening with Instagram. Uh, one of the most recent things that's gotten the most press has definitely been the fact that they are starting to remove likes or like counts 
from a small subset. Of Did they start yet or no? Yeah, yeah, it happens. It's on a couple of the accounts that I actually manage. Mm. Um, I think that's interesting. I think the, the core impact of that, if anything, is that they're really trying to do that to help with a lot of the psychological help of users using the app and this concept becoming a popularity contest. Excuse me, of Instagram becoming a popularity contest. I think at the end of the day, I don't think that will necessarily change people's likelihood of engaging with content. I think what's more of a, what's driving more action or what should be driving more action is that there's been a gradual decrease of organic reach on Instagram as a platform. And I think Instagram is definitely a top priority platform, but there's a lot of movement when it comes to TikTok. TikTok is just actually today crossed 1.5 billion users. I just got TikTok. Yeah. So it's crossed 1.5 billion users. It's the most downloaded app on the app stores, both uh, like the Apple App Store and like Google Play Market. Um, It's a younger average age relative to some of these other platforms. But if you look historically speaking, platforms tend to age up over time. Whereas Facebook started in college and now is something that our parents use more than most people in our generation, right? I think we saw something similar happen with Instagram. It's happening with TikTok right now. So I think if you're looking, if anything, you need to start prioritizing TikTok. I agree. I totally agree. Businesses should too. Yeah, for sure. Like at this point, it makes no sense to not pay attention to it. Totally. All right. Uh, next question. All right, man. Let's get into it. The big stuff. 2020. 2020 goals. Jordan S. Jordan Stern. Yeah. Past guest Jordan Stern. Past Shout guest out Jordan, Jordan Stern, Stern. The man. Yeah. Great space group. Shout out Jordan Stern. 2020 right. goals, man. I'm excited about 2020 this. goals. Um, I think our goals for the podcast are um, we really want to continue to get incredible guests and get bigger and better guests and try and unearth stories and insights from the most valuable perspectives. Uh, would love to start getting more notable artists on. I think actually getting the perspective of how artists are approaching the business side of this game is, is definitely a goal. I think other than that, one other goal and something that we're really excited about is that I think we're going to start, uh, we got some some kind of community projects cooking up in the cauldron. Yeah, man. Um, but are looking on creating a Patreon members group and a kind of a, a place where we'll be able to do kind of Q&A with all of you guys, run questions to spur discussion around very critical topics to helping you guys thrive as a, with your careers in the music business. Um, there's a lot of things kind of that we're developing in that realm. So stay tuned. Uh, January, February, 2020, you'll, we'll have some more news. I think at the end of the day, I, you know, we just want to help you more. We want to be able to do more for you guys. The relationship that we have right now is great. You know, some people hit me personally. I've met with some people in person, but at this point, it's like you, at this point we're growing with people. Somebody just hit me today who asked me for advice like six months ago. And she told me today that, She's in New York interning at Live Nation. Like she's taking steps. You know what I mean? That's fine. And just being a part of that journey, however small we were, is great. And I yeah. just want to, I want to continue to help. I want to be more involved because, you know, I want to learn more from the, from our listeners, you know, not just about the podcast, but about the industry, what they're learning. You totally. Know? So, and with that said, too, I mean, like we are this community. That's actually a different alarm that, that just went I was went about off. to say, you yeah. faked us out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got uh, 30 seconds, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, 
Like, we are you guys. Like, this is a community. We appreciate you guys listening and being a part. And ultimately, we're all on the, the same level here. So I think when it comes to our goals, too, I mean, 2020 is around the corner for all of us. Let us know what your goals are individually. Um, and also, too, let us know how you feel the Music Business Podcast can best help you achieve your goals or, or things you'd like to see us do in 2020. I think we want to make this, per Jordan's point, the most valuable possible experience for you and super grateful for your support. So let's continue to create this together. <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, what can you do to understand your fan base? Analytical tools, fan engagement exercises, etc. Danny D. Um, what can you do to understand your fan base? I think a lot of it is just listening on platforms that we all know, right? Like socials, social media. Uh, Instagram. I know some of my clients are actually respond to DMs, that sort of thing. But I think there's also a back end that you can probably speak more to where you can actually see, you know, what demographics are interacting with what. Whether that be on Facebook, we look at how many people are subscribed to someone's Facebook in certain areas. And that's how we did that's how we see, you know, where to book the next show or, you know, where clicks are coming from, that sort of thing. Um, but I figured you could probably speak more on that. Yeah, I think there's um, a couple things. I think there's a couple pieces of software that I like. There's one tool called TrueFan, um, T-R-U-F-A-N.io. Um, just fact check that, yeah. TrueFan.io, T-R-U-F-A-N.io. They enable you to actually do um, analysis of your most engaged fans. So you can kind of create DM groups and start to identify different trends and groupings shared amongst your fans, other similar interests. Um, Facebook audience insights tool helps you do some breakdowns of common interests shared amongst your core audience, uh, amongst your followers. I think a lot of the, in the analytics you get on something like Instagram, they're not actually that helpful. I think the most insightful, um, insights you can get using Instagram insights is actually ranking your top and bottom, uh, ranking your past content based on reach. Mm -hmm. So you can see what's your top performing content and your bottom performing content. Right. Use that to glean trends uh, around what sort of trends or content themes you want to dial into and double down. Um, and then one thing, I, I mean, I really like just from a marketing perspective where um, this is just kind of like an advertising tool where it's not necessarily going to help you understand your fan base, but you can create lookalike audiences on Facebook. If you're running an ad campaign, you yeah. can essentially kind of create a sample of, say, all of the people that have engaged with your Instagram profile or everybody that follows your Instagram. You can actually create a, a lookalike audience of people that share those trends. So Facebook essentially is analyzing what are the most commonly shared trends amongst your most engaged fans. And then it goes ahead and creates a lookalike audience that you can target. So whenever we're running ad campaigns to sell tickets for different shows or drive streams, one of the audiences we're always testing is like a lookalike audience built off of uh, artists' most engaged fans. Yep. Sounds good to me. Ask your community too. I think a lot of it, I think really understanding your fan base, it's like, it, it's easy. For, and even us, we just default to what are the things we can do at scale. But ultimately, the, some of the most valuable insight and understanding you're going to get with your fans is going to come on a one-to-one -one conversational level. Yeah. Like whether that's an artist, even for the podcast, whether you're trying to innovate, create a new startup. It's like 
you cannot discount the value of having those one-on-one conversations. In with, person too. Yeah. I have clients that after the show, I'm going to a show tonight for one of my clients. After the show, they go to the merch table and just talk to people. Yeah. Like literally for 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. To the point where it's like, yo, you got to come backstage because we actually have to leave the venue soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that, you know? Yeah. I won't, I won't pull them, I won't pull them away until I need to. Yeah. So literally any way that you can converse with your fans, I think it's great. Love it. All right. Well, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> it wasn't a wrap until you said it just like that. All right. Well, it's a wrap. <laughs> now it's over. I feel it. Yeah. Because you said it like that. All right. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Appreciate y'all.